Seinfeld, the alternate side is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap on postshowrecaps.com. And now, here are the two guys who are getting very thirsty from eating pretzels. I'm Rob Sister, here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I'm doing well, Rob. I'm still waiting for that retweet from Tony Katayan, though. Oh, so you win on that one. Were there yeah. stakes to that bet? I don't think so. Okay, that was just a friendly wager. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Akiva, um, I'm glad you were able to reserve the time to talk with me. You took the reservation and you held the reservation. Yeah, I wasn't sure if if the podcast was supposed to be this Wednesday or if you meant next Wednesday. (laughs) Okay. Good. Lots of stuff from the alternate side here, which is season three, episode 11. It's written by Larry David and Bill Masters and originally aired on December 4th, 1991. So we're always just like a couple of weeks ahead of the original episode date. Uh, yeah, I think at, at some point that'll probably maybe we'll catch them. Maybe we'll have like one that's on the actual day. <laughs> maybe we'll lap all of Seinfeld or we'll fall behind. Uh, I don't, maybe there's like some kind of space time continuum thing and we'll be behind like real. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could get the podcast coming out on like the anniversary of the shows. That would be uh, that would be pretty fantastic if we could do that. But then they would get all screwed up. Like we might be able to do it for a certain season and then it would get all screwed up because then it's not like the season four is going to start like in April of of 2015. You know what I mean? So, yeah, their schedule was really weird. Like you know, the next season starts in August. You know, they, they just threw the, until it got popular mid season four, they just threw, you know, the show on whenever. So so who knows at some point in the 169 episode recaps that we'll do, maybe we'll be recording on the same day an episode aired. Yeah. And I also, I should, uh, I should, uh, for some housekeeping, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, you know, so it's December 4th, 1991, just to give you an idea of what Seinfeld was going up against. Yes. So it, it was on at nine o'clock on Wednesday at this point. It didn't get moved to the Cheers Thursday spot until the next season. So it was going up against Doogie Hauser MD. Okay. Which beat it. It still did a, a 17.8 million viewers, which, um, you know, beats Walking Dead, beats anything that's on right now. <laughs> yes. May, like, you need NFL playoffs to beat that. Okay. Uh, and but it beat a rerun of Jake and the Fat Man on CBS. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Jake and the Fat Man. And and uh, also something called Anything But Love, which I'm not familiar with. Oh, that's I believe that's the Richard Lewis, Jamie Lee Curtis show. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if, they, you know, when Richard and, and Larry have all this history and Richard's on Kirby Enthusiasm, I, want, I wonder if there's any heat. You Maybe. know, Richard was never on Seinfeld. Hmm. Well, I guess he had his own show for a while. And so, yeah, I do remember that show on ABC. Uh, I don't remember it being very funny, but I do remember it being on and, and watching it. Well, you're pretty, I feel like if you were on Jeopardy, I, I, 90s sitcoms might be, you know, the category that you're sitting there hoping for. Akiva, I was a lonely uh, child. <laughs> watched a lot of television. <laughs> you know, not near, like, I watched a lot more TV than I do now. I think people probably would have it backwards. People think I probably watch more shows, but I really just watch what I podcast about at this point. When I was a kid, I just had nothing else going on and just watched everything. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm still eight years old, so I didn't watch Jake and the Fat Man, but 
I do remember uh, Doogie Howser. No, I and I was not watching Jake and the Fat Man. I, I don't think I was watching anything on CBS. CBS really did. You know, people consider it now to be like the old person's network still. But at that time, I think it really was. I don't think I ever watched a primetime show on CBS, maybe until Survivor came on the air. Yeah, they had uh, Designing Women, no. Northern Exposure. I did look at Murphy Brown. We'll t- get to Murphy Brown in, uh, in a season or two. I, I did used to look at Murphy Brown once in a while. That was Major Dad? No, I did not watch that. Evening Shade? No, I did not watch that one. No. Yeah, a lot of classics. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we've got a lot to get to, but let's talk about some Seinfeld news uh, from this week before we dive into the alternate side. Akiva, what's going on in the world of Seinfeld this week? Well, I think the biggest Seinfeld-related news was um, Larry David himself went on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, The BS Report, uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was a very good interview. Uh, I do enjoy the BS Report. I'm not a big basketball guy, so they lose me with a lot of the uh, basketball stuff. But I thought this was a a really good interview, uh, and I thought that Bill asked Larry some very good questions. Yeah, he did. I mean... Bill does a good job. He doesn't do any research, and he even said that. But he, you know, sometimes you'll be sitting there like, oh, man, I wish he, you know, looked stuff up. Um, but he doesn't have a team. Like, if someone goes on Howard Stern, you know, Howard has Gary and people researching, and that's why he always asks the perfect question. But here he doesn't really have someone doing that because there was a lot of good questions he could have asked Larry. But what, what do you think were the most sort of newsworthy or interesting things he said? Well, from a Seinfeld perspective, uh, the, there was the discussion of the finale. And I thought Larry got very defensive about the Seinfeld finale. And I think that Bill sort of like put up a straw man and said, you know, well, there are some people on the Internet who would say this about the finale. And I thought that Larry David, which is interesting as opposed to some of like the creators of Lost when they talk about the finale, where they sort of said, yeah, maybe we should have done things differently or maybe we we were a little tone deaf. Larry was sort of like indignant about it. Like, no, this was the finale that we wanted for that show. We weren't going to give you a cheers finale, which was going to be a chance to say goodbye to the characters. You know, I thought that was a good idea to have a courtroom and to have everybody come in and testify and be able to show the clips. So he seemed like he's still very proud of the finale. And I think it's going to be something that we'll be watching for as we, you know, continue our march towards the Seinfeld finale. Yeah, I mean, and it was also interesting because he said the the backlash to the finale made him not want to do finales anymore, which I guess leads into the fact that he said eight to one odds against Curb Your Enthusiasm ever coming back. Yeah, so I wonder if Curb Your Enthusiasm is is dead, is over, but Larry, because he's so hurt by the backlash to the Seinfeld finale, just won't do a finale to Curb Your Enthusiasm because he doesn't want to go through that whole experience again of, I didn't like the finale. It ruined the whole show for me. Yeah, I mean, the way Jeff Garland always explains it, and he, you know, he's, um, I don't know what his title is on Curb, but I guess he's probably the number two to Larry David. Uh, and he, the way he explains it is that, you know, they don't plan on having a season. Larry just kind of has one funny idea and then he tells Jeff and then they tell the, you know, the team of writers and then they, you know, eventually do it. So I think if Larry has a good idea, maybe if the play fails, you know, I I think his movie, which Jerry should, uh, Bill should have mentioned because the movie really was probably a flop and it wasn't such a good movie, you know, being a fan of like almost everything Larry David. Which movie? He did an HBO movie. Oh yeah, the HBO, I, I even I turned it off. 
Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, I, I, I watched it, but it was one of those I was like playing Words with Friends the entire time. Yes, yes, with John Hamm. Yeah. Words with Friends? No, oh, no, I, no. The movie's with John Hamm. With- I, I, I didn't think you'd play Words with Friends with John Hamm. <laughs> that would be nice. What's his name? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try John Hamm when I'm done with this. Yeah. No, I did think it was kind of boring, the uh, HBO movie. So, all right, so we'll see. I was thinking, though, like if we did... If they did another season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I feel like we're right we're right here, ready to go with the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, podcast. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it, but I, I do think the show needs to come back. You know, if if it doesn't come back, we could probably do like a top ten type thing. Yeah, but if it, if it comes back, I think yeah, we're we're sitting in the driver's seat. Right we're now. ready to go. We're ready to go, and we are parked on the correct side of the street. We don't need Sid to move the car to the alternate side of the street. We are ready to go. Just give us a call, LD. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. All right, so make sure you don't miss an episode of the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. We are almost halfway through season three, but plenty of pa- green pasture in front of us, ready to go with all of the greatest Seinfeld episodes yet to come. Make sure you're subscribed and locked in. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. All right, let's dive into the alternate side. And lots of talk about cars in this episode. And, of course, Jerry's stand-up act is going to reflect that, talking about he says that the car alarm is very similar to a uh, nervous, hysterical person. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that this was at the time where the car alarm was relatively new, and it was, like, funny to joke about still. Yeah. And now, I don't feel like the car alarm technology has advanced very much since 1991. I mean, what should it be? Should it be, like, ringtones? Uh, I don't know. I guess then you could personalize your car alarm and then you know that's my car because there is so much like nobody you hear car alarm. Nobody's like, is that my car? Is that my car? Nobody really ever seems annoyed. Or if there ever if you do hear a car alarm, is your thought ever like, oh, man, a car's being stolen? No, no, that would never be a, a giveaway. And you're right. If especially if you're in like a Walmart or something and there's like a thousand people, you can't just find it from, you know, hitting the button. No, definitely not. So um, I think that there is some room for improvement uh, in the car alarm field. All right. So we start in Jerry's apartment and Jerry is realizing that his car has been stolen from outside of the building. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've said this a lot, but this is early 90s New York. Like cars were getting stolen every five minutes. So this was like very, you know. This was like a very sort of realistic, like obvious plot for them to have. Now, do you notice George is wearing the Mets hat in this scene? Yeah, George is, uh, you know, George has got his Mets hat on. I don't know. They're bouncing back and forth between, uh, you know, who's a Mets fan and, you know, and who's not at this point. Yeah, there is very little in Seinfeld of I'm a Mets fan, so I can't be a Yankee fan. And I wonder if that's sort of like reflected by, you know, Larry and Jerry. You know, I in the BS report, there was a lot of talk about Larry and his sports teams. And it made it seem like Larry David is a Yankee fan, but also roots for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, he said he likes, you know, for, for football that he's a Jets guy who roots for the Giants. But I think you and I both know you either root for one or you're not really a fan. Yeah. All. It's tough. It's polarizing uh, right now. Maybe if you're an older guy, maybe that was, the, you know, the case where you could be more. It was less polarized uh, early on in the 70s, 80s. But I don't know. Yeah, well, or, or the opposite. If you're really old, like my grandfather, you know, the Brooklyn Dodgers left. And he, even though he's a baseball fan, he's never picked a new team. Whoa. Like he's just he's just been a baseball orphan for like 50 something years. Well, you got to move on. 
Grant, he has not moved on. He, you know, he, he still misses. I, he was a Giants fan, not a Dodgers fan, but they both left around the same time. Okay, so there's a little bit of talk about how do they steal the car, and Jerry says, uh, you know, they cross the wires, and George is impressed because he can't even make spaghetti. Yeah, I feel his pain there. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because they talk about they should call, should they call the police, and Kramer like shoots that down. <laughs> call the police and it's funny because you get the feeling that the writers of Seinfeld whether it's whether it's Jerry or Larry or whoever don't have a lot of faith in police work you know we've seen this as a pattern and a theme from when um when did when did the police come was when the statue gets stolen uh well the police come a bunch of times the police came uh just last week uh, with the process, oh, no, it, was the when, police... it was when the TV and the VCR got stolen, and it's yeah, sort of like, the... okay, we'll just file a report, and and, and Jerry's like, does that mean you're going to find it? Like, no, right, and right, and when and we get to legal cable, they show up. That you know, we've already seen the police like four or five times already. Yeah, and but... it's almost never a positive interaction. <laughs> yeah, so instead of calling the police, they say, let's call the car phone. And so, all right, here we go. Let's tr- let's try this. And you see this a lot, I feel like, in these Seinfeld episodes where somebody throws out an idea like, yeah, you should call the car phone. And then it's like, yeah, why don't we do that? And that's how we get into this idea of calling up the car phone, which uh, is a pretty funny idea. Yeah, it's brilliant. All right. So the guy picks up the phone and it's a familiar voice. Yeah, it's it's not as obviously Larry David as some of the other episodes, but if you listen closely, it's pretty clearly Larry. Yeah, I didn't realize it was Larry David until like the very end of the the conversation. Like he started asking some questions uh, about like um, like how does this work, or, or towards the end of the conversation, I said, "Oh, Larry David." Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was hard to tell at the beginning, but it definitely was Larry. Okay, so anyway, so Jerry asked the guy, "Did you steal my car?" And the guy admits to it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I feel like he's such a, a, a nice, honest thief. It's almost hard to hate this guy. Yeah. And Jerry is like, um, <laughs> can I have it back? And he says, no, I'm going to keep it. And then Kramer gets on the phone with the guy and says, uh, like, hey, can you do me a favor? Uh, I have the brown gloves in the glove compartment. Can you either mail them to me? And the guy's like, okay. He, I mean, he... he can't be writing down the address he must be just like memorizing this address to get these gloves back to kramer well he also knows like where he stole the car from yeah okay that's fair that is fair um and so jerry's asking the guy like uh you know how did you cross the wires and he said they didn't cross the wires the keys were left in the car yeah it's much easier to steal a car that way yeah. Okay. So we find out that the keys were left in the car because Sid is the guy who moves all of the cars from one side of the street to the other. First off, Akiva, is this a thing? Okay. So I have a lot of experience with alternate side parking, having lived in the city and having had a car in the city. Um, I know now that what, while you do have to move your car still in a lot of places in Manhattan four times a week and it ruins your entire life, you know, you can't park. Like my wife and I would be like, hey, do you want to go out somewhere tonight? Like, oh, no, we have a good spot. Like, we don't have to move in the morning. But if we go out now, we're going to have to have a bad spot and we're going to have to, you know, get up and move the car, you know, 12 blocks away where we can find a spot. Sometimes you'd circle for an hour in Manhattan. I can't stress enough how bad parking is in Manhattan. You just circle the block an hour for an hour. So anyway, um, if you are in your car, you can sit in the bad side of the street and then just get out when 
let's say it's, you know, 930 to 11 o'clock, they're sweeping the street. So you can get out. Um, but if you were responsible for like 50 cars, you know, there's no way they'd let you do it. Okay. So if you stay in the car, you'll be okay. In your own car. I mean, I guess if, if there was like a guy who really knew the cops and was responsible, like the problem is it doesn't work because when the street sweeper, the point is for the street to be cleaned. And when the street sweeper comes, you can't move all 30 cars off the block so he can sweep it. So everyone's getting tickets. All right. So this is plausible still even in 2014. It's plausible, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it, it holds up. It holds up. The alternate side is the worst thing in the whole world. All right. So let's meet Sid. And <laughs> Sid, maybe he's getting too old for this. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, maybe it's a young man's game moving this, moving the cars across the street. Okay, so maybe Sid is getting too old, but he definitely does have to go on a vacation for uh, a couple of weeks, or he's going away to go visit. What What is the rel- relation of the person Sid is going to visit? Um, he's going to. Well, he says he uh, has a sister in Virginia here, and later we learn that he also financially supports this sister in Virginia. Man, this moving the cars is a good racket. Well, that's what they said. He only works three hours a day and he's making it, you know, making a, a killing. The truth is, if George wanted to do this, couldn't he just go to like the next block and start the same business? <laughs> you would think so. But I guess he wouldn't know anybody. I mean, at least Sid has like made these relationships. What's he going to do? Go knock on everybody's door? I guess you need con- what they say is true. You need connections to be a street, you know, a car parker. I guess so. So in addition to all of this car parking, there's also a Woody Allen movie, which is shooting nearby. And Kramer is an extra in the Woody Allen movie. Yeah, it's also if we're really going to nitpick, if anybody's ever walked the streets of Manhattan, they know that if a movie is shooting on the street, there are signs weeks in advance says if you park here, every car is being towed. So I'm not sure how all these how all these cars are, are on the street. So because of the movie, is that why there's all yeah, like where I used to work, it would always say like a uh, boardwalk empire is shooting here. Um, you know, next Thursday, uh, you know, call so-and-so if you have any questions, you know, like the, the manager of the, of the show, but like, but you know, if your car is here between, you know, 9am and 1pm, it's going to be towed. Okay. So we're going. We're finding out about Kramer's spot in the movie, and some guy asked him if he wants to be an extra because uh, he has a good look, right? I mean, Kramer looks. I don't know if he's a leading man, but he's certainly you know, and he's he's an extra. He's a good extra. All right, so we get into the business of uh, this Wednesday versus next Wednesday. Has this come up before on Seinfeld? Uh, not yet, but uh, but I, I if it. In some capacity, it comes up again. Okay. Uh, this Wednesday versus next Wednesday. So we find out that Sid is going away. It sounds very familiar, this conversation. Well, you've seen Seinfeld a lot of times. I guess so. Anyway, so George is going to take over for Sid. Sid uh, does not seem reluctant at all to let George take over his business. Yeah, he probably does not know George so well. Yeah, I mean, but if you were Sid and this was your livelihood, like, doesn't it seem like you would have somebody in the waiting? Like, how does he know that George isn't, one, going to do a terrible job like he does, or two, like, not going to do a better job than Sid and just take over the business? Yeah, it's it's poorly thought out by Sid on, on many levels. You're right. You would think that Sid would have, like, a, a backup, like a friend who he trusts. Um, yeah, because if he's going to let the cars just not be parked, then his customers will probably be upset with him. Yeah. Uh, 
but but right but the worst but his fear might be oh you know somebody else is going to do it and they're going to take over my job so for sure he should have a backup on hand like what's sid's plan for his vacation he's just telling everybody like hey you're on your own next week guess he made a lot of phone calls. I guess so. Uh, speaking of phone calls, the car thief calls back and asks Jerry about how to use the defroster, which Jerry is very helpful about this. Listen, this car thief is, uh, you know, he's quite the guy. All right. So now we get to Jerry and Elaine at the rental car place, which is one of my favorite scenes. And so we find out that Elaine is dating a 66 year old guy. Owen, right? Yep. Owen. Okay. And he's so a novelist. He's a novelist, and he's very vibrant for a 66-year-old. Sounds like a backhanded compliment. (laughs) Yeah. And so Jerry gets to the desk, and he wants to get his mid-sized car, which he reserved. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, probably one of, like, the 20 most famous bits in the history of the show. Yes. And Elaine says to Jerry, "Oh, oh, you got to meet Owen. You'll like him. And this is pretty classic stuff, too. He's like, why do you people say that I would like somebody? I hate everybody. I feel the same way. Like, do people ever say to you, like, oh, you know, you should, if you and so-and-so got together, you'd be, you know, best friends? Um, Actually, no. I, this has come up very often. <laughs> Nobody ever says that. Nobody's nope. like, oh, you really like Johnny. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I just feel like people aren't fixing me up with too many people. You're not getting any platonic, like, male fix-ups. I hear you. No, no. And Elaine asks Jerry if he could date a 66-year-old woman. And uh, Jerry has, like, a great line. He says, she would have to be very vibrant. <laughs> You'd have to be... Yeah, she'd have to be spinning. So vibrant, she's spinning, yeah. Yeah, which is, is very funny. Okay, so anyway, they don't have a mid-sized car for, for Jerry. Uh, and he says, but you have the reservation, right? Um, and she's, and it really is great. Just the, the interplay between them. And he's like, uh, well, you have the reservation, right? And, but you don't have the car. And, and the woman is like, yeah, I know why we have the reservations. And Jerry says, no, I don't think you do. <laughs> really? Uh, just, uh, I love this scene, uh, probably from when I first saw this and, and it just, just sticks out as such a fun scene. Yeah, I also think this scene and almost the whole episode, like if you had slotted into season seven, you would not have noticed the difference. Like it really feels like, you know, prime era Seinfeld. Yeah. And so I think the ultimate highlight is Jerry saying the uh, see, you know how to take the reservation, but you don't know how to hold the reservation. And then he does this body language thing. where he's like, anybody can just take the reservation. And he's like writing like in in the air. <laughs> just, um, and so uh, we end up getting into then the woman is going to speak with the manager. There's just nothing we can do. And so they go behind the door and Jerry and Elaine talk about how they're not having a real conversation. Yeah, the, the interplay between Elaine and Jerry here is really funny. Yeah. And so the woman comes back out. There's nothing that they can do. Um, So they're going to give Jerry a blue Ford Escort. And Jerry tells the woman, good, you better give me the insurance because I'm going to beat the hell out of this thing. It seems a little out of character for Jerry, but I understand his frustration. He's frustrated. He's frustrated. Anyway, so Elaine is wondering maybe if she made a mistake and she's starting to like talk herself through. Like, I think this is a good decision. Uh, Maybe it's an okay decision. And then we see her in the next scene and she's saying that maybe she made a mistake. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I like how it's edited. Uh, probably a commercial in the no, not a commercial. Probably in, in when you're watching the actual show, but uh, she just doesn't enjoy being with him. Yeah, she starts off saying, "My, I love being with him. I like being with him in the rental car place." And then we see her in the next shot saying, "I don't like being with him." Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so you know, now the question is, can she break up with him? over the phone or does it have to be a face-to-face breakup all right so jerry does the math and says that she's been on seven dates with him that necessitates a face-to-face breakup if it was six times out jerry could have possibly granted the phone call breakup but seven times is definitely a face-to-face unless there was no sex (laughs) and elaine's response is classic here yeah and she wants to know uh, how's the pasta at the restaurant. So um, very, very uh, funny. And so Elaine is on her way to go break up with Owen, the 66-year-old novelist. And now here comes George, who is in the midst of parking all the cars. Yeah, I love George. I love Harry George when he's like completely, you know, frazzled and he's just running places. That's a classic George for me. Yeah, uh, he needs a bucket of water because a car is overheating. He's got an alarm that won't go off. <laughs> yeah. And now also here comes Kramer. Um, and Kramer now has a line in the movie because uh, he was an extra. He was carrying a bag of groceries and he fell and the groceries went everywhere and everybody was laughing. And so now they want to put Kramer into the movie. Yeah. Do you think they tried to get Woody for this episode or they didn't even bother? I don't think they bothered. It's funny because like now, you know, obviously this is still such so so early in the show's run. But like um, at the time, it probably seemed like improbable for them to have Woody. But in hindsight, you know, it's like completely reasonable that he would have been in the episode. Yeah. And then Larry David went on to star in a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. I mean, the, the timing just wasn't right. If this was season eight, Woody's coming on. Okay. Um, so we end up finding out that Kramer has a line in the movie. And so he's going to be at the bar and he's with Woody Allen and his line in the movie is, boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. And we get into one of the classic line repetitions in Seinfeld history throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah, they, uh, first everyone does their, their take of these pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah. And uh, I think George wore it best. <laughs> yeah. How would you say it? This is, you know, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Um, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Okay. okay. Go high with the first and low with the second one. I think I would do it. These pretzels are making me thirsty. I'd put Close the hoop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you make it about you. Yeah. Like somebody said, uh, boy, uh, <laughs> but these pretzels are making me thirsty. Like, no, th- well, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Right. That's, that's right. This is a little bit more like uh, like the, the ocean cold, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one upping the other person who yeah. said that their pretzels were making them thirsty. Don't be a one upper. <laughs> Um, did you think this was sort of a meta joke where Jerry does it and then does it, is it Kramer that says to Jerry, you don't know how to act? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. Yeah. I think it's early enough in the show's run. I mean, the, it's, it was such a common critique of Jerry that he didn't know how to act. Um, and it was funny, you know, Simmons said to Larry David on the podcast, like, you know, your acting got really good as the show went on. 
which was a little bit of a backhand compliment, although Larry, you know, he took it for what it was. He understood. Yeah, I think but, so. Uh, but Jerry, Jerry really, you know, never improved. He was just always playing himself. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... George does the uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty yelling out the window uh, and every and like Jerry like what holds his nose uh, after George is reading and, and he's like getting mad I'm like uh, what was wrong with that uh, so he's down to go and try to move the cars around but anyway uh, we find out that Elaine tried to break up with Owen and uh, he is in a dire situation. Yeah, so this is really where the episode gets weird. I think now is probably the point, uh, the part where it's worth bringing up that uh, Jerry went on um, the Andy Cohn show or whatever that's called. Watch What Happens Live or something on, yeah. on, on Bravo uh, a year or two ago. And Andy asked him what his least favorite episode of Seinfeld was. And he didn't say directly if you listen, that this is his least favorite episode. But he did say, basically, um, I'll give you the direct quote that he, to- he tells Andy Cohn. Jerry says, there was one where a guy had a stroke and we were feeding him on the couch. I felt very uncomfortable with that episode. So I guess that was the closest he could think of in terms of an episode he wished that he hadn't done. Yeah. Um, and I guess I can see it. I mean, people have pointed out that, you know, they do far... You know, they, they take down far greater uh, sacred cows than um, than Owen here. But I, I don't know. I just the, the issue he probably had and I think is reasonable is how poorly done um, the, you know, the stroke is. Well, I think that this is an interesting point. And, you know, I sort of had that in my back in the back of my mind that you said that Jerry didn't like this episode. But, you know, watching this with fresh eyes, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched this particular episode. And I remember vividly all of the stuff about these pretzels are making me thirsty and also the stuff with the rental car place. But this was the part of the episode that I didn't really remember well. And I have to say, I do feel like the stroke stuff. I don't know if, if we've become more sensitive to it or just as a grown up. Uh, like I've become more sensitive to stuff like this of like knowing people that, you know, have had this sort of thing happen to them where um, I definitely found it to found it harder to find the humor in this. And I felt like it's a very dark comedy. I think it's also, this is the darkest thing we've seen yet on the show. And maybe I'd like to sort of track as we go through this, what are the darkest things that we've covered yet on the show? And I think this is the new number one. Yeah, it's not even a question. The alternate side is one of the darkest episodes of the whole series. You're right. All four people, um, all four of the main characters at the end of the episode come out, you know, not just not just, you know, win, not just not winning, but like, you know, like suffer like decisive losses in this episode. Um, and the, the stroke stuff, I think if you think about something like Susan Invitations, um, she dies and it's ridiculous. But one, it, most of it plays off off camera. And two, it's funny. So if the Owen stuff was funnier, I don't think there's an issue. The problem is the whole Yankee Bean stuff. and Yeah, that's him. the part. This part here with the cookie, I, I found that to be funnier. Uh, the funny stuff with Elaine. Because they don't know what they're doing and they're stuffing a cookie in his mouth. The Yankee Bean stuff is, is definitely the worst part of the episode by a mile. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it was poorly done. 
Yeah. And now they sort of like wrap up the episode with like, no, he's fine. And he said he was just using me for the sex uh, when we get towards the end. So they sort of like turn it around. But I feel like it was a, a little bit like too late for some for some of that. Like if you like have a family member who's like had a stroke or anything like that, I think it's you know, this is probably a tough episode to get through. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, if it was funnier, it's it's hard to, you know, they do they they make fun of a lot of sort of things that would be offensive if they didn't do a good job. But uh, here, I, they you know, they just missed the ball completely with Owen, I think. All right. So number one here is uh, the Owen stroke. What's our number two right now? In terms of the darkest thing that's happened so far? Yes. I mean, I, the pony remark is pretty dark. Um, you know, he's really only concerned with, you know, he wants to go to the game. Like he may have killed Manya. That's yeah, pretty that's dark. That's pretty dark. Um, anything else? What else, is, what else is really dark? Um, you know, the Chinese restaurant, they don't get to eat. That's pretty dark <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um nose, you know, nose job. The nose job is bad. You know, the baby shower is more negative than dark. It's just, it's very like hostile and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the heart attack. The whole, I mean, season one in general is a little gloomier, but you know this this I think takes the cake by a mile so far. But it's definitely an interesting thing to track to see what episode, if any, uh, tops the alternate side. Okay, so we'll have this as number one, uh, the Owen stroke, and uh, let's put two at the pony remark. Oh uh, yeah, now. and we'll reserve the right to update that list. All right, so let's keep going through it. So, okay, so now we have Owen in here, and we need to get the ambulance here, but George is clogging up the street with all, moving all these cars around. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta love you gotta love George. Uh, I wonder how many like deaths these people are, are responsible for over the course. Well, of- quite a bit, and this sort of ties back into you know looking at the show through this prism. You know, you certainly understand why Larry David felt like these characters needed to ultimately pay for their sins, which they were unremorseful for through the entire run of the show. Yeah. I, the, the problem is they didn't set it up at all. You know, um, it is what people would say. I mean, I don't want to get too far into the finale, but you know, the, but I think that's what the, the crit- critique was that you're, you know, you're right that they were awful people. But we never really, it, nobody ever said it's a show about awful people. They just said it's a show about nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they had a hard time of, they, they knew what the show was, but they didn't do a good job of messaging what the show was or what their opinion of the show was. I think that's fair. But I, you know, I think a lot of what Larry said is, is legitimate also. Okay. All right. Let's not go too far off the beaten path here. Uh, so we end up with, you know, f- trying to decide what do we do something with his extremities? Uh, there's some funny stuff with Kramer. Jerry says, let's elevate his feet to get the blood to his head. Kramer says, no, you want to elevate his head to get blood to his feet. <laughs> uh, which- yeah, I know I would you be I would be terrible in these situations. Like I've never taken first aid. You know, you're the, I'm like one of the last people that you'd want to have around if, if something like this ever happened. No, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Um, Kramer says maybe he dropped acid. It's it's pretty funny that Kramer's like assuming he's a, Kramer seems to know a lot about like 
drug addict's habits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they talk about putting a paper towel on his head. No, that'll just drip everywhere. And they said, maybe he's diabetic and he needs a cookie. Wouldn't Elaine know he was, if he was diabetic by date seven? And these are very narcissistic people. Like, who knows what they know about other people? <laughs> and they debate well, what to do with the cookie. They put it in his mouth. They say, maybe let's put it in the blender. But a cookie doesn't liquefy. Uh, how does Elaine argue that a cookie is going to liquefy? I, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not sure. But I do love, I do love when he starts, when he puts the cookie in his mouth and he starts, you know, moving his mouth up and down to chew it for him. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we hear like a crash outside also. <laughs> all right so finally we get to the paramedics come up and uh you know they buzz up and jerry is looking at the guy and talking about like uh, oh, he's a pretty good looking guy but his eyebrows are really running wild um and i did think this was again this is uh it's dark but i did find the humor in uh them like looking at him and being like oh, i bet he wears slippers yeah, it's not out of character. And again, if it's funny, it works. But if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna take on these serious things, then you, you know, you have to, you have to hit it out of the park. But yeah, that is funny. Um, you know, they're just like Jerry. I mean, again, Jerry's like me and you. He would be completely, he's completely useless in this. Situation. He's not helping out. <laughs> All right. So the ambulance guys uh, come up. Uh, also, good looking uh, EMTs. Uh, yeah. They probably, they, you know, they passed it for, you know, hot EMT. <laughs> so um, they talk about how they got into an accident with a blue Escort. Which we know yeah, is Jerry's I, rental car. <laughs> Jerry's only concerned at this point with the car and not with Owen. <laughs> yeah. And they want to know uh, who put cookies in his mouth. It's a, fair, it's a fair question. Yeah. All right. So we finally get George up there. There seems like there's no recognition between George and the EMTs. Now, listen, George, you know, George, uh, they're busy, first of all. They're working. Yeah. Uh, you know, Woody Allen certainly, certainly recognizes George as the idiot. Yeah. In but, the car, but I yeah. guess the, the MTs didn't. But Chris Kramer comes up and he says that basically George has also held up production on the Woody Allen movie with all the horn honking and everything. And Woody Allen is has been referring to George as the moron in the blue jacket. Yeah. I mean, George is so honored that Woody Allen even knows his name. <laughs> Yeah. George wants to make it up to Woody Allen. He wants to apologize. And Kramer says to George, uh, next time he talks to Woody, he'll bring it up. And then he puts on uh, sunglasses because now he's like a Hollywood guy. Yeah. And it's I guess it's worth talking about the deleted scenes here. Yeah. Go uh, for it. So uh, so the second one of two happens right now. And there's not so much. It's most of this scene. And then Elaine like really doesn't want to go to the um, ambulance. But Jerry tells her she has to go. Yeah, the earlier deleted scene was just Elaine giving a little more background into why she was tired of Owen, and uh, you know she was upset that Owen corrected her saying the word scourge. Yeah, yeah. Um, she says Elaine, Elaine can't date and watch her grammar. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cute, but again, they have not deleted anything yet to this point where we're saying, "Oh my God, how could they have cut that? Oh, that was so funny." Yeah, I mean, they're not showing us every deleted scene, but you're 100% right. This, this stuff is deleted for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're doing with these deleted scenes. All right, so let's get to uh, George with Sid. And Sid is disappointed in how George has done. 
Yeah, I mean, Sid should have thought, you know, long and hard before he, you know, just left his business in George's hands. Yeah, and so Sid is asking questions to George about how, do you, do you know how to drive? Because moving cars from one side of the street to the other is as easy as putting on pants. And Sid is curious to know how George got his pants on. I love when George gets defensive, like even though it's an it's like a you know rhetorical question. Yeah. George is like, let's stop talking about the pants. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we get to uh, Kramer comes in with the newspaper. And boy, the, all of these events are uh, very uh, well written about. Yeah. The, you know, the gang is making news. Okay, so turns out that Owen Mark suffered a stroke, and uh, he would have been better if the paramedics had been able to reach him sooner. Uh, you so, know, that's a, for for one day after a stroke, or or however many. Yeah, it's because they say yesterday. Yeah. So Sid is back pretty quickly. First of all, yeah, they took a lot of liberties with this article. Like, I don't really know what this article is about. Uh, it, basically, like the article is about how there was a big traffic jam out in front of Jerry's building. And then also the traffic also delayed production of the Woody Allen movie. And a spokesperson for Woody Allen said that he's considering leaving New York altogether. I, first of all, the idea that they would like the day after someone has a stroke, like, uh, you know, place blame in the newspaper. Yes, You know, that's like that's like an actionable offense on the guy who was parking the cars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you would think like once the EMTs like get close enough, like did the EMTs need a parking space? Like couldn't they just get close enough to where George is parking the cars and then like run up with the stretcher? You know, I would think so, but I don't know. Having I don't want to say anything better about EMTs. They're great. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of protocol. Like maybe they, you know, they need to be parked or whatever. Could they have sent one guy up? I, I guess, you know, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah. So Jerry and Elena are at the rent-a-car place and Jerry is trying to tell the woman, well, like the car is all smashed up and uh, I have the insurance on the car. And the woman tells Jerry that for, what is it, $2,500 worth of damage? Uh, I have it written down. It was, uh, 20, I think it was 2866 Wow. And so Jerry says, I have the insurance. And the woman says, you know, you're only covered for when you're driving the car. And Jerry says, what do you mean other drivers? Your whole business is other drivers. Yeah, I feel like he should have known this, though. Yeah, I, I know it's confusing. I never know if I'm supposed to get the insurance when you have to get the rental car, or am I covered through my own car insurance already? I, I do think this is kind of muddy. Right, because I guess he was saying like sometimes your credit card covers you. So I guess I guess it's fair, but you know, when in doubt, put other. I, can you put like generic other drivers on, or do you have to put specific other drivers on? I don't know either. Yeah, I don't really know. It, it's always that it's just fixed to get you screwed. Listen, there, the you know, there's a reason. Uh, you know, they have all these commercials on television. Yes. Okay. And so the woman tells Jerry, as it stands, you're going to be responsible for this damage. And Jerry gives her a uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah, a little a little wacky, but we'll take it. We'll take it. And if we were still calculating the running, how much is Jerry under for the series? Uh, this is another big blow to Jerry's bank account. Yeah, I mean, it, he, we haven't really had one in a while. I had it written down somewhere, but it, let's say he's down about five grand right now. Jerry. Oh, I think he's probably closing in on 10 at this point. 
Oh, you're right. You know what? With the stock tip, he did go up a little bit. Yeah, let's 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 give a, a loose estimate of about ten thousand. Yeah, between just the stock tip, the suede jacket, and this, I mean, we're got to be up over uh, closing in on six grand. Yeah, fair point. And uh, you know, we'll see if he's even Steven by the end. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem like even Steven so far. No, I'm. But you know, things pick up for Jerry. Yeah, unless he's just making so much money doing stand up that it's just like okay, well, well he you even... can't count your income. Like everyone is is at least even with including income. Nobody <laughs> loses money. Some job. people do. I guess professional poker players. Yeah. All right. So let's get to Elaine with Owen. And uh, we get the infamous uh, Yankee Bean. Yeah. I mean, you know, he I, Owen is actually doing a decent job of replicating the stroke victim. Yeah. It just, it just you know, it should be off camera or something. Yeah, and you would think that Owen, especially somebody of his means, would have some kind of actual nursing care. Like, he wouldn't be relying on Elaine to be doing all this stuff for him, right? Oh, for sure. And he'd probably qualify, you know, he's he's over 65. He'd probably qualify for one also. Yeah, so you would think so. But anyway, so Elaine is giving the, him the we have to talk. She's breaking up with him. She says she likes coming here and feeding you. Um, that's the good stuff. but. You know, she talks about how she likes running in the park and doing stuff. So um, it's very uncomfortable, this breakup scene between Elaine and Owen. Yeah, I mean, she's basically saying it's not you, it's the subway line. Yeah, so she has to transfer on the subway uh, and she ends it with a, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah, you know, I have to say that um, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find much about uh, what Owen's doing now. Um, oh, no. And um, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. And as far as Sid, uh, who's Jay Brooks, he was in uh, he was in a movie in 1948. He was in Amos and Andy in the 50s. But I can't find any information. So uh, even though he hasn't been in any, he has no IMDb credits past 1994. Yeah, uh, he may still be. He may still be with us, Jay Brooks. Well, what are you basing that on? Well, I couldn't find his obituary. <laughs> okay, so he may not yet be on the alternate side. Yeah. Oh, very good. I was going to, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a, a very fun fact. Or not such, I'm not sure which direction. <laughs> All right, so Elaine is talking about, can you die of an odor, an overdose of odor? Uh, she's talking about how bad it smelled on the 42nd Street subway. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it was BBO. I, I guess so. And she says that she did bump into Owen and he said that he was just using her for sex. It was, it's so weirdly played. Like, what, what, you know, I, I know that they only have time. There's already more scenes in this episode than most of the episodes so far. But like, it's such a weird thing to just have her say like, oh, this guy who you thought was like on death's doorstep is just magically recovered. I, I don't know. It, you know, it. It was tightly. It was poorly tied together. It feels like to me they must have gotten like a note from the network that was like, you can't have this person be a stroke victim. And they said, well, what if we by the end of the episode he's better? Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess so. I guess if he recovers by the end of the episode, I guess it's okay. Uh, and so maybe that's why they sort of just tack this on. Yeah. If, uh, if you know the episode writer William Masters ever you know ever gets back to us, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, because why is she still taking... I thought she took the subway to get to his place. Why is she still taking that 42nd Street subway? Yeah, it's a little weird, right? It is odd. Feel It does feel like a little uh, tacked on there. And so... You know, they, they really should... You know, Bill Simmons always talks about, like, how movie sets or whatever should have a, a VP of common sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like, look at the whole script. I think maybe that's 
that may be, you know, you're calling Rob. You should have been there. Like, hey, this doesn't this doesn't add up. I buddy. think they did fine without me, Akiva. Listen, <laughs> they were losing to they were losing to you know what was it called? My mother, the car. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Jake and the fat. Anything man. but love. Oh, you know they barely beat a Jake and the Fat Man rerun in this episode. They, I think they could have need, they would have needed you. You are hugely underestimating the uh, wide popularity of the Fat Man. He had he was very highly popular. Jake, not so much. People wanted to the, see the Fat Man. Who was who was the Fat Man? I I couldn't the tell you the actor's name. Okay, okay. So let's go to we're talking about now. Uh, here's Kramer got fired from the movie. Uh, yeah, not not the first or last time that uh, Kramer will be fired. And so uh, he really nailed his line. You read these pretzels make me thirsty. But then he slammed the beer bottle down on the bar and the glass shattered and it made uh, Woody Allen bleed. Yeah, he was crying from all the bleeding. I I feel like Woody should have sucked it up. He should have recognized this fine actor and, you know, let him, you know, got got stitched up and then let him let him read the part again. And then very subtle at the end of the episode, Kramer takes his brown leather gloves out of his pocket and puts them on the table. And Jerry's like, are those the and then sort of the episode ends. Yeah, I, I, that was really good. I, I do like because you've kind of forgotten about the brown gloves at this point. Yeah. And then, you know, he shows them. And even though you know that something's happening when he mentions it the first time, like they did, they did, uh, you know, they ended on a high note at least. Yeah, that is the height of the sitcom callback where you get a piece of information early in the episode and you don't like at the time that it comes up, it doesn't like ring to you as like, okay, well, this is something that we're going to see again at the end of the episode. It's just sort of like you just think it's just information that you're getting along the way. And then when that information plays out, that's when it's uh, it's it's always a good laugh when you can do it in such a nice way. Right, like hitting golf balls into the ocean. Yes, perfect. All right, so Akiva, then we hear Jerry talking about the best part of the relationship is being sick. Is that, in in fact, the case? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, like, uh, I'm sure if you're single and you're you're sick, like, it's not as it's not as fun. If you're, you know, if you have someone to take care of you, and also it's good, you could, if you haven't been sick in a while, just milk it. You know, you have a cold and, you know, pretend that you're, you know, you're laid up for a week. You know, it's funny because my wife is a nurse, but I don't feel like she's very accommodating when I'm sick. Well, maybe because she sees people who are really sick all day. I guess so. She's like, oh, like I'm dealing with all sorts of people like uh, like Owens out there and uh, whatever you have. Get over it. Yeah, I mean, also like suck it up. Yeah, if somebody because her job is to help like help people out who are sick and then she comes home. Like if you like if you finished work and then somebody's like, hey, I really need you to podcast for me, you know, I'd love it. You would you you know, you you know, wouldn't you might be like, hey, you know, I'm not bringing work home. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So are you ready to what do you want to do next? You want to give us your ranking or you want to talk emails? Um, we could do I think uh, we could do rankings. OK. All right. So let, let's open up the rankings archive and figure out where we're going to place this of course akiva has ranked all 169 episodes of seinfeld that we're going to cover here on the post show recap and now he will give us his weekly update 
for where the alternate side falls in these rankings. All right, so let's go ahead. Wait, and- so, Rob, you, you said I should do uh, rankings. I thought you meant uh, continue last week's discussion of ranking cereals. <laughs> so I, I did rank my uh, top uh, 31 favorite cereals. You did. Uh, okay, so uh, do you want... You want to give I mean, us should, 31 should we right put it now? On the website? Should we put it on the website? Should I say it now? <laughs> I feel like let's, why don't we save it for the right moment? Next time cereal comes up on the podcast. Fair enough. Okay. So let's, let's put that in a drawer. All right. So let's go ahead and start off our conversation of where do we place this? And why don't we start right about halfway in the middle? Is the alternate side higher than the pen at number 86? Uh, no, it is below the pen at 86. All right. Is the alternate side higher than the deal at number 101? Yep, higher than the deal. All right. So between 86 and 101, where does the alternate side land? It's uh, number 99. 99. Primetime 99 for the alternate side. So... It is on the grind and ready to go. Episode number 99, the last of the double-digit episodes for Akiva. Okay, so let's jump into taking some emails. Let's start off with Chester this week. Sometimes we end with him. Let's start with him this week. Chester. Well, we have Chester's a big celebrity now. I just have to tell you. Oh, why? I, this may be the last time he writes in. Why? What is he doing? I, he, he just made a lot of news this week. Uh, is he in a Woody Allen movie? He's not in a Woody Allen movie, but he was in the paper, just like the Woody Allen movie. Yeah, what did he do? I, I mean, I don't know. He, he, you know, he may have to write in and tell us about this. <laughs> I don't want to blow up his spot. Okay. <laughs> uh, just know that we have a big celebrity writing in. All right, fair enough. So Chester says, uh, Elaine has to transfer to 42nd to take the double R. What the hell is the double R? I actually did some research, and it was eliminated in 1985. So I could only assume that this line was from Jerry's early stand-up, and he failed to update it when applying it to the show six-plus years later. Uh, this reference replaces Elaine's dresses as the most outdated part of the series. Agree or disagree, Akiva? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's from Jerry's stand-up. Um, I think just wh- whichever writer put it in, you know, again, the writing in California, maybe the writer's not even from New York. But uh, I agree. To a New Yorker, the double R, I've never heard of it. Sounds ridiculous. I agree with Chester. Yeah. Um, you think it's the most outdated thing in the series? No. I mean, the clothing is absurd. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction, We're talking Chester. about car phones in this episode. Yes, but... I mean, uh, that there's a railroad line. I mean, this is just like a, something that's not even a plot point. It's just mentioned in one episode. I, I can't think that that's the biggest black eye on the series at this point. Listen, Chester's a details man. He, you know, he, it bothers him. Yeah, well, he did research. Listen, someone's got to. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, let's uh, jump into some questions from Johnny DeSilvera, who says, okay, uh, have you either of you two ever had a problem uh, with a business losing your reservation either for dinner or for a car? Have you ever had somebody take the reservation but not hold the reservation? No, I've never had someone lose the reservation. I mean, sometimes you make the reservation and they say like, okay, fine, that's going to be two hours. And like, what's the, you know, the dinner, the dinner reservations are really hard because they can't kick the people who are in front of you out. Yeah. So like, the, you know, so the, I, I kind of feel for the restaurants there, but, you know, I have had to, you know, have long waits. What about you? Yeah, I really don't make that many reservations, Akiva. Um, I would say, I feel like there has been times where I've made a reservation and it's okay, well, it'll be like 15 minutes. And it's like, wait, 
I thought I have a reservation. Like I want to, like I have a reservation. I want to just walk in, sit down. You right? ever try that with your wife? Like, uh, hey, uh, honey, dinner at 7.15 for one. No, I'm always late. I'm always no, late. but it's, wait, you're not getting dinner brought to your office? <laughs> no. No, I am not, Akiva. Uh, I will have to go downstairs to go uh, to, to find the food. Sometimes it's there, though. That's okay. Okay. I just had, I just had pizza brought in. It looks good. Oh, wow. You're lucky. <laughs> All right. So uh, Johnny also wants to know, even though he's not a big fan of Woody Allen, um, I heard you're not a New Yorker until you see Woody Allen on the streets of New York. Have either of you two ever seen him in person? Have you ever run into Woody Allen, Akiva? No. No. I guess I'm not a New Yorker. No, I have not ever run into Woody Allen either. Okay. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't even be that excited. I think it's like the previous generation that, you know, is such a, I can't even, I mean, this won't surprise anybody, but I can't even, you know, remember how many Woody Allen movies I've ever seen. Well, I think you might be the worst person to possibly ask. <laughs> well, are you, I would, first of all, I got, I got my top 10 movies list ready to go for next week. I mean, what are you talking about? You have a top 10 movie list of your top 10 favorite movies? From this year, yeah. Top 10 movies from 2014 for next week. Oh, I don't, I don't even I've think I've seen, seen t- 10 movies in 2014. I, Rob, I've seen them all. You've seen them all? I, anything relevant. By next, by next week, when we, I, will have, I will have it ready to go. Now, why next week? Why uh, Is there any reason? Oh, I haven't made my list yet. Oh, okay. And there's a couple, there's a couple movies I have, to get, I have to get out and see. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've only seen four movies so far, but you're going to watch six before no, next week? No, I've seen a bunch, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable enough. You know, like, there might be some real, you know, like, drecks at the end of the top ten. I've got to tighten up the top ten a little bit. All right. Speaking of next week, what's coming up on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast next week? You got next week, The Red Dot. Oh, The Red Dot. Perfect. Yeah, we're really uh, we're really getting into you know the the meat of the episodes. Yeah, we definitely are. Okay, so the red dot with Akiva next week on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. All right, get your emails into us every week if you want to hear us answer them on the show. The email address is Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, I really like this episode, the red dot. I want to make sure. I hope it's going to hold up on the rewatch, but I'm very excited for this one. Yeah, would you? I didn't really hear your opinion. Would you? Where would you have it above so far? Do you like it more or less than the pen? Um, I'd say probably uh, probably a little bit more. It's hard for me to like uh, do these rankings. I, I really struggle with this. Like, I really I love the these pretzels that make me thirsty. I love the reservation stuff. The the stroke stuff. You know, there were some jokes there, but I just kind of feel. Uh, you know, not great, like, uh, laughing at the Owen stuff with the stroke. So maybe, maybe overall as a whole, the pen was probably better, but I feel like the, there were higher points in the alternate side. Yeah. I think jokes per minute or JPMs as they're called in the business. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this probably has the most of any episode so far. Yeah, there's a lot of really great moments in this episode. It's just that there's a, the one storyline, which I uh, don't really like. Yeah, and they didn't tie it together. They just, you know, everyone says these pretzels are making me thirsty, which is funny. But first of all, some of it is like a little forced at the end. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they don't, you know, the, 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 the plot doesn't really tie together. They just come together at the end and talk about, you know, their situations. Yeah. It's a little bit lazy. Yeah. All right. So we will be back next week to talk about the red dot. Akiva, do we have a hashtag for the alternate side? 
Johnny D. Silvera wanted Yankee Bean. I'll tell you that right now. I, I think Yankee Bean is 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 on the nose. I think we got it. Okay, so yeah, you go, go Yankee Bean. Yeah, why not? All right, there you go. All right, so let us know uh, what you thought about this week's recap. We'll be back next time talking about the Red Dot. Uh, follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at Keeve twenty six. I am at Rob Sisterino, and uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say in the comments. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.